0: There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. But instead, you got the What the What podcast! Woo! Yeah! yeah. I read that and I was waiting for you to say more. No, no, no. That that was in parentheses. So that's like a direction. Uh, Gotta teach you. I'm Eric Creech. First name is Agent alongside Kyle Whitley sitting up in his little nest and Ashby Brame, who may be tied up somewhere in the middle of an interrogation, but those morons are giving her everything. everything.
1: I'm working.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What, a, what, a, what, a, what an intro. Oh my God. In, a, okay. world. in okay. a world.
1: Now for the real intro. Welcome to the What the What podcast, where we are exploring all things pop culture. Whether you're a demigod, a super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, or a couple of master assassins, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Of course, and rate, it, rate and review us. Five stars only. Even though there are six main Avengers.
0: Yes, there's six Avengers, but we... It can only go up to five stars. Right. That's how this
1: works. Correct. That's n- numbers. Working. But you could give us six five-star reviews. Yes, we would
0: oh, appreciate yes. that. And you can say whatever you want to in those Just reviews, saying. but five stars.
2: That's a lot better. I was going to say do two reviews, one of five and one of
0: one. But that, <laughs> would, that defeats the purpose. That really does defeat the purpose. not work <laughs> well.
1: Please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at what the what the Media.
0: All one word. All one word.
1: And find us on one. Twitter at WTW underscore media. Which is only, which is only for what the what fans?
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> like,
1: what is Eric trying to say here? I
0: don't know. <laughs>
1: it's only for fans.
0: Eric says all the words. All, all the words.
1: words. Oh man. Okay. Deep breath. <clears throat> Try again. So please invite your friends to like, share, and subscribe, so they can become our friends. Yes,
0: we could always use a little more friends. So we could. There's a whole
2: song about that. Yes. There's a little help from our friends as well. Yes. Uh, yes. This week we are excited. As if you're joining us on the Facebook Live, or if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see. Waving at both cameras here, (laughs) because we have two cameras now. (laughs) Especially Facebook Live, there's a giant Iron Man helmet just chilling, waiting. Uh, So we got all these awesome props. Man, this is heavier than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Matt Mm -hmm. Strohling let us borrow his Captain America shield.
0: Let's uh, pick it up a little higher. There you go. Oh man, it's cool. It is really cool.
1: Right? It's even got the straps and everything.
0: Don't get your you know dirty paws on it. I mean, so look
2: at all those cool things back there. You got your straps, your handles.
0: I gotta be <laughs> careful. This came in the mail.
1: This shield has everything.
0: Everything. <laughs> I'm going to ignore Hunter's comment. <laughs> it
2: has accessories. Uh, also, he lent us Hulk action figure. I'm assuming I don't know if it's his or if it's not his. I think it it's could be one What is Micah's yeah. or Silas's. We also
0: have Moleir. Yes. Uh, who is being lifted now by Ashby because she is He's worthy. Worthy, evidently. Yes. Okay. Hunter's like, no, she's not. And then we've also got some Funko Pops here yes. uh, that Ricky uh, has let us use for pretty much all of our Avengers themed podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have Black Widow, we have Iron Man, and we have his newest edition, Hawkeye, which I bought for him today. So. I
2: thought about bringing Ric Flair in here because I wonder, you know, what Ric Flair would do in the Avengers. He would drop an elbow on somebody. Can you just imagine like him putting like Thanos in the figure four?
0: I want to see him like cut a promo against Thanos. Yeah, you know, just, mm-hmm. look here, fat boy. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I think we need to do In that. order to be the best, you got to beat the best and I'm the best. Woo! Can we do
2: that? Like, can we paint you purple and let you be Thanos? Well, why why, why are you painting me purple? Cuz you don't have hair to like deal with paint getting in.
1: I have no idea what you guys are talking about.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying if you were Thanos, send me as Ric Flair. It'd I'm be just not awesome. a
1: wrestling fan. I anyway. so thank, thank, thanks, Matt
0: and I Ricky, for letting rope. us use your props for everything. It's awesome. Thank yes. you so much. That's
1: where we were yeah. going with that. Yes. So Woo.
0: Last week on this podcast, we discussed the legendary comedic duo, Keenan and Kel, and their exploits from our childhood, mostly their childhood, not mine. Because as we discussed last week, I was poor. On today's <laughs> episode, we are diving deep.
3: Deep dive. Deep dive.
0: Not deep divers. So help
3: me God, will
2: stab you with a
0: fork. <laughs> I, I thought have, about this when we have Chinese
2: food. <laughs> I thought about this. You hate that, but I don't see it as a continuation of your sentence. I think you're saying like we're going on a deep dive, and then it's or a di- we're got diving deep, and then it's just like
0: no, we are diving deep into the 2012 film. See, but we're not adding to your sentence. Right. We're no, adding, you're shouting. You're, a whole repeat, other phrase
2: you're repeating
0: Correct, deep. We're not. You're, you're, you think en- we you're are?
2: You're emphasizing that we're going deep. You think we're we're just continuing your sentence? It's weird if we
1: just say D. No, it's not.
0: It It works for binge mode. I stole it from them. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's very weird. I mean, they have like. 400 episodes. They do it every episode. Yeah. So, I mean... But we're, we're not them. We're our we should, own thing. We, we don't should copy so from them. There. No, I, literally no. Literally, this whole script is copied from them. So. <laughs> well, no wonder we can't it Exactly. Them. On today's episode, we're diving deep into the 2012 film, The Avengers. Deep. Here is your De-da. spoiler warning for today's episode. Let me repeat that again. Here is your spoiler warning Super for spoiler warning. episode. Super spoiler warning. All the spoilers. While The Avengers is our primary focus, we will be discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Marvel television shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, the tie-in comics, and any of the other 22 MCU films taking the entire saga into account. So if you're not sure why Thor clarifies that Loki's adopted, be sure to check the movie out first before listening to the rest of this podca- podcast. So, the old doth, podcast. doth mother know if you worth her drapes? Let's get into the nearest Quinjet. Fly to the helicarrier, and let's take off to the Battle of New York.
2: All right, The Avengers is a 2012 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics superhero team of the same name. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It is the sixth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU for those that are in the know, Uh, The film was written and directed by Joss Whedon and features an ensemble cast that includes Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, and Jeremy Renner as the Avengers alongside Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, uh, Kobe Smulders, Stellan Starsguard, and Samuel L. Jackson. In the film, Nick Fury and the Spy Agency SHIELD recruit Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Bruce Banner, and Thor to form a team capable of stopping Thor's brother Loki from taking over the Earth. The Avengers premiered at Hollywood's El Capitan Theater. It's probably Capitan. Capitan. Cool. I like that word. Yeah, it's a great, great, great word. We'll name your living room, Eric's Capitan. Um, on April 11, 2012, and was released in the United States on May 4th. As the last film of Phase 1 of the MCU, it received praise for Whedon's direction and screenplay, visual effects, action sequences, ac- sequences. 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 That's the word. Acting and musical. I've heard score. it both ways. Yeah, there we go. One of them is wrong.
3: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and musical score and garner numerous awards and nominations, including Academy Award and BAFTA nominations for achievements in visual effects. Can we get
0: a BAFTA nomination? Yes. Like, what do we have to do to get a BAFTA n- I'm nomination? I'm assuming
2: some sort of visual effects. I, I just want to
0: say we're a BAFTA-nominated podcast.
2: Well, I mean,
1: isn't BAFTA the British version of the Oscar? be. I made that up totally actually now I think about it, but I could still be right. <laughs> I don't know. Go, yes. with the, Go with it. Go with it. Yeah. The British
2: Academy for Tony Awards, nominated for achievements in visual, <laughs> visual effects. Uh, the film grossed See? over 1.5 that billion was 78% worldwide. Right. Setting numerous box office records. That's all you need. And becoming the page turn. Third highest grossing film of all time, as well as the highest grossing film of 2012. It is the first Marvel production to generate one billion dollars to ticket and ticket sales to one date. Billion. One billion dollars. Pinkies up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, to date, three direct sequels have sequels sequels have been released: Avengers: of Age of Ultron, Avengers: Affinity War, and Avengers: Endgame. Nice. Look at that. I only stuttered.
1: You did amazing, half of it. Sweeney. Fantastic Thanks. job, <laughs> brother.
2: I tried so hard. <laughs> I've been working on my words.
1: Okay. The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team, Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing. Yeah, take us a while to get any traction. I'll give you that. This is the place to offer up a brief refresher on what actually happened in the Avengers 2012 film. So when you're ready,
0: do you have your clock ready,
1: Eric? Recap this movie in 143 seconds.
0: All right. Tell me when you're ready, I and I will get my go.
1: clock ready. Like, where do I have my clock on my? Surprise. Timer. And that would be two Now I'm going to do stopwatch. That okay. would be
0: two minutes. Oh, you're just going to stopwatch. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Tell me when you're ready.
1: Three, two, one. Go.
0: Oh, you have to say go.
1: Jesus.
0: <laughs> we'll start over.
1: No, you've lost nine seconds. Cool. Okay, so here's go, what happened. Go, go, go.
0: <laughs> Fury. What? Go. Fury, because that's what he likes to be called. And S.H.I.E.L.D., we're playing around with the Tesseract, not yet in Infinity Stone, when Loki comes through a portal. He kills some guys, and he takes Dr. selvig remember him from the Thor movie? And Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, also from Thor, and he brainwashes them with this really cool scepter, also not yet in Infinity Stone, and he escapes with the Tesseract. Fury reactivates the Avengers initiative, and he sends Agent Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, because everyone needs a codename, to recruit not Edward Norton Hulk, Banner. Agent Coulson, a.k.a. Phil Recruits Tony Stark. Fury recruits Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Frozen Captain America, and off they search for Loki. They find him in Germany, attempt to take him back, and Thor, a.k.a. Thor, still manages to bring um, Loki in after a big fight between Cap, him, and Stark. The not-yet-Avengers don't trust each other, which leads to infighting. Stark, being nosy about S.H.I.E.L.D.'s plan with the Tesseract, and he br- and brainwashed Hawkeye blows at the hot-flying helicopter, triggering triggering Ruffalo Banner to turn into Ruffalo Hulk, freeing Loki, who kills Agent Coulson, R.I.P., and then Loki escapes. Black Widow unbrainwashed Hawkeye by punching him in the face, and everyone is sad for Coulson, so they decide to avenge, see what I did there, his death. This leads to the Battle of New York, where Dr. Selvig has successfully opened a portal to allow the Shatari army, which are these really weird, you know, alien creatures, to invade. All the Avengers meet up, they suit up, and they start fighting together, and it's awesome! There's even a great movie poster moment. The World Security Council, full of shady people, decide to launch a nuke at New York, because why not? Black Widow discovers how to close a portal, and Iron Man sends the nuke into space. He almost dies from a lack of oxygen. Black Widow closes the portal, and Hulk catches him in the air, saving him. The Avengers corner Loki in another great movie poster moment. They send him and the Tesseract with Thor to Asgard, and the world is both happy about the Avengers and mad about the cleanup and devastation. And the World Security Council was mad they didn't get the nuke New York. But the Avengers get to enjoy shawarma, At the very, very end. But wait, in another post credit scene, it turns out Thanos, not yet Josh Brolin, was behind the attack. But who is Thanos? And why did he attack? We don't know yet. The end.
1: Wow. You actually did it in under 143 seconds.
0: I'm so impressed. Yay. Good job. That was with all the stuttering and a 10-second, you know. Great job. Yay.
2: There was words in there. I could not have done (laughs) regular time. Yes. I would have said all sorts of wrong things there.
0: So, uh, let's jump into our general and specific thoughts. Uh, first question, which should be a given: Do you like this film, Kyle? Yes. Ashton? Yes. Me too. Yes. Good. Um, it's one of my favorite films ever. If not, we need you to leave.
3: <laughs> 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 We're gonna need you to walk out that door.
0: <laughs> it's it's It'll definitely that negativity. In definitely <laughs> a great rewatch. So. Yes. Um, what are some of your favorite scenes? Who are we looking at? Yeah. It Me. doesn't matter. Someone go first. You go first. Um.
2: You briefly discussed it in your really fast uh, quick story of synopsis. Which one? Uh, the one you just did. Uh, the one that I'm talking about, though, is the first time we see them all as a team in New York where it does that panoramic shot yeah. that we have seen in a million other advertisements and everything else for this movie. I feel like it's even been in movies when they do flashbacks or whatever. But it almost maybe gave me like an emotional feeling, like knowing how far we've gone. To see it, do it again, and like how it's just been reused for all sorts of things since then, but to see it like in its actual moment, like hit me in the old feels.
1: Yeah. So I had a really random scene. I love Pepper. Pepper's great, by the way. Yes. I think sometimes I forget that Um, she's so powerful and grounded, and she's clearly like this boss lady enough to run the Stark Empire, but she also walks around in like jean shorts, barefoot Mm. in the shower. Mm-hmm. And right, it's and I love every room she walks into. I love the scene between her and Tony when Coulson comes in, and she, even though she's clearly this like powerful professional, um, she remembers Coulson Coulson enough to ask about his current significant other. Mm-hmm. Like she clearly is one of
0: Phil, you know, she like a, a details
1: type mm-hmm. of lady. Mm-hmm.
0: More on that in our fun facts.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. more on that in our fun facts. But um, anyway, I just I really like how she is the kind of partner that is intolerant of tony's more problematic issues like she doesn't put up with his mess Mm -hmm. but she's compassionate enough to understand that tony at his core is someone who is actually really capable of love and worthy of receiving love and i just i really love the playful banter between them and the honesty and the you know the love between them in that scene
0: Mm -hmm. awesome um, I put several different scenes. Um, Notice that this week I didn't put what's your favorite scene, but what are some of your favorite scenes? Because honestly, this movie could be like the answer. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. th- this movie is really, really great, and right. there's so many Every good things. Scene. Um, I really like Cap versus Thor versus Iron Man, mm-hmm. where they're just kind of fighting for no reason, just kind of having a, um, I'm trying to think of the family friendly way to say this, um, brawl. Like <laughs> brawl? <laughs> yeah, like just like, you know. You know, I'm better than you, type of fight. A disagreement. Yeah, a mm-hmm. disagreement. Um, one. You know, Iron Man jumps in with his, you know, does Mother Know Us? You wear her drapes? The Thor mm-hmm. and, you know, Cap's trying to, you know, like put the hammer down. And Thor's like, you want me to put the hammer down? I'm gonna put the hammer. Mm-hmm. And, and see, um, Iron Man's like, no, 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 don't do that. i do idea. That. <laughs> <Bad> he loves <laughs> his <idea>. hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, but I just love that scene. And Loki's just kind of smirking over there in the background, like <laughs> these idiots. Um, So I love that scene. Uh, The Battle of New York in general is just a great scene, but the uh, Iron Man speech to Loki about who the Avengers are prior. He's pouring himself a drink, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's just kind of explaining, hey, you managed to tick us all off, dude. I mean, so there's no, you know, way this ends well for you regardless. So, and just gives this great speech about who the Avengers are, you know, and how if, you know, you can't save the world, you know, he will, they will avenge it. So Mm -hmm. um, those scenes were really, really great.
2: Another one I like too is almost it foreshadows where Tony's been arrogant most of the time. That's what mm-hmm. he does. But towards the end where he takes the nuclear bomb out into space, sacrificing himself, knowing, like, I'm probably not going to return for this, especially as he's out there. He's not panicking, trying to get back. He's just accepting it at that point and how that foreshadows what we come to know in Infinity War and everything else in the Endgame.
0: Well, so. uh, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, I think the words, um, you know, Captain America, which we'll reference later uh, in, in our mm-hmm. script, You know, he's like, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. Mm -hmm. And I think those words, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally, haunt Tony the entire series of films. Because time after time in this movie, in Age of Ultron, he's looking for a way to make sure that he doesn't have to do that again so the world Mm -hmm. will be saved. uh, Which leads to Civil War, which leads to Infinity War, which leads to Endgame. Um, Those words have a profound effect on Tony Stark. And uh, he, look, he he's, it's like he's almost looking to prove Steve wrong time and time again. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, I also had the Thor Iron Man cap fight because yes. it, I'm pretty sure that it's the first time we see the three of them fighting together, even though they're fighting one another. Right. And I think it's the last time until Endgame.
3: Yes, where mm. it's just
1: the three of them, mm-hmm. and so I really liked the foreshadowing of already we're sort of starting to see um, in this scene maybe a little bit of how Mulnir um, and the Shield interact. Yeah, already, which That's is true. really cool. Oh,
0: absolutely, and it's also you know a nice little touch of you know their first meeting together, the three of them, they're divided, and then right. up against Thanos, they're united. And right. it's, it's really cool to see the parallel from that. I've never, I have never, hadn't thought of that. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, other, uh, I have some smaller moments here. Uh, Black Widow's reintroduction, great scene. You know, I'm working. I mean, <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. fantastic line. Uh, and then her recruiting Hulk. And then that kind of subtly setting up the relationship between them and Age of Ultron. You know, um, they have a connection there early on. And we can talk about whether that romantic storyline really worked out when we get to Age of Ultron. I don't think it did, but <laughs> but um, it's nice that you know she's the one they send to recruit Banner, um, and they have a connection throughout the film. Um, even when he, you know, turns into Hulk on the mm-hmm. Helicarrier, there, you know, she's the one trying to calm him down, and so uh, just setting so you know setting those seeds up pretty early. Um,
1: I like their connection. I will yes. say that.
0: Yes.
2: I do too, but now like it's hard for me to know after because I forgot about the conversation she has with Loki, where she's like working him, but we don't underst- like you don't know that at first, mm-hmm. right? Where they're talking, and you know she seems to start be getting emotional or a little, at least a little upset. And vulnerable, and then all of a sudden she gets what she wants out of him. Is like, You're a monster. okay, great. That's what it is. <laughs> oh right. no, like you brought the monster on board. Oh, that's your play. Okay. It's <laughs> like if that's what she can do. Thank
1: you for your cooperation. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> is that what she's
2: doing with Hulk as well, or does she actually somewhat mean that? Like, I'm sure she means it at least somewhat, but she, did, other than just making getting him to join the team, she doesn't really have much of a connection with him, right? Right.
1: I think that <clears throat> I think up front what we see of Widow uh, as far as when she's recruiting Banner mm-hmm. is. Is more manipulative, mm-hmm. but I think by the time we get to Age of Ultron, where she is one of the few people that can sort of like lullaby Hulk into calming down, I think that that's a sincerity the sincerity. getting real low, big guy. Yeah, yep. that they've worked on. So yeah.
0: it worked better I with her both. than it did with Thor. You know, I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I give you that.
1: Hilarious.
0: Um, any other <laughs> I favorite scenes you want to mention? No. Nope. Let's jump into favorite quotes, and I'll go ahead and give you. Um, you know, I've got like ten here that are, you know, not like your major quotes, because I, I sprinkled the major quotes throughout a, the script, which y'all feel free to use those as well. But um,
1: I have a, I only have one, um, and it's a major one.
0: But um, one of my favorites, uh, Steve Rogers. When I went under, the world was at war. I wake up, and they say we won. They didn't say what we lost. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was a very underrated line. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Mine goes along with that
2: somewhat. Is I just honestly <laughs> love so much about Captain America's. You know his quotes in general in this movie. Mm. It's the first time we're seeing him in in the new world, other than like you know, spoiler or the end trailer, or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't the know. In, in credit. Yes, in yeah. credit. I don't know why I couldn't do that. Uh, but it's the first time we're really seeing him interact in the real world, and so he's catching on to things. But there's a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of jokes or just movie references, and he's finally Like, oh, I got that. I one. got that reference. Fly yeah. monkeys. Yes, I know yes, that one. I know that one. <laughs> um, and then the same way too, where she talks about Thor coming down, he's like, you know. It's like, there's only one God, man, and I'm pretty sure he yep. doesn't dress like that. Like, yeah,
0: that's one of my lines there. Um, you know, I, I, I love his, you know, like, he's just now getting out of the ice. so he has no idea, like, really about, like, the Norse, you know, they're really aliens, but we fer- refer to them as gods or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, nah, there's only one God. He doesn't dress like that. Yeah. I'm not really sure
2: what he dresses like, but it's not like that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So. Just seeing how, like, a lot of his interactions throughout this movie, like, you kind of get those little glimmers that remind you, like, oh, yeah this is his first time seeing anything that looks similar yes. to any of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, t- he does it pretty well, but then he just has a small moments that he throws in and adds in and yeah. adds to the movie. Yeah. The also,
1: movie? I think one of the things I mentioned later um, that I get into is, you know, it's been 70 years and some change for everyone else. But for Steve, it's been weeks, mm-hmm. months. I mean, you yeah. like, he's adjusting to a world where his brain is telling him, that just, you know, you a had, little while yeah. ago, he was fighting in World War yeah. II and losing his best friend and, you know, dive bombing a plane into the Arctic. it, it Like, we're so removed from it mm-hmm. because time has passed, but it hasn't for him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like, literally, you took a long nap. You wake up and, oh, it's 2012. I hadn't even thought
2: about it that way. Yeah. Like, I knew, like, I don't know. Has hadn't even taken into consideration you, you in his brain how, s- how close both events take place? I mean, you mm-hmm. think
0: of, you know, if you, like, just sleep for, like, a really, really long time, mm-hmm. you know, and you wake up and you feel like you've wasted your whole day and you've missed your whole day. Um, not to bring this into a, like, super serious moment, but, like, my brother, when he was in his coma from mm-hmm. his uh, motorcycle wreck three years ago, which we're coming up on the three-year anniversary of that this week, um, you know, he was in a coma for three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something he struggled with, Um, When he came out, you know, we had this conversation where he's like, you know, I lost three weeks of my life. I don't know where they're at. I can't remember them because I was out. Um, Now, amplify that, you know, in in movie terms Mm -hmm. to 70 years. And I I imagine I'm surprised Steve's not more emotionally and mentally fragile from that because that's quite a bit. He's a super soldier. Exactly. So. I don't know how that really technically <laughs> makes everything okay. So but I don't think that makes. I mean, it I'm just gonna let sense. you First roll case, with it. you just throw so. that in there. It's fine. Um, here's another one uh, for you, um, Bruce Banner. He's like, I don't think we should be focusing on Loki. That guy's a, that guy's brain is a bag full of cats. You can smell crazy on him. And Thor's like, Have care how you speak. Loki's beyond reason, but he's a Asgard. He's my brother. And Black Widow's like, He killed eighty people in two days. Well, he's adopted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he walks it back real quick. Yeah, he's like, well, <laughs> well <laughs> hang on
0: now. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> um, I got more quotes, but I want to take it the whole time. I want to make sure you get your quote. Yeah, what did you have?
1: So the only one I had, and we've talked about it already super briefly, but my favorite set of lines in this movie is the heated exchange between Steve and Tony. And like Eric had talked about, there's a there's a lot of foreshadowing in the character arc in these two lines. So Steve says to Tony, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. Lay down on the wire and let the other guy climb over you. And yet we know in the end Mm -hmm. that he does. And so then Tony says to Steve, you're a science experiment. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. And yet we know that Steve either is currently or grows to be worthy of wielding Mm -hmm. Mjolnir. Mm -hmm. So clearly there's more to him as a person than just the strength of Captain America.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So
1: I love this exchange because we know from the jump as viewers that it, it's not true and they're saying things in anger but we also get to watch those words play out in their character arcs well, and, and i think that's really beautiful. And not
0: only that, but we talked about it in the Captain America podcast a few weeks ago where part of the reason like he was be, you know given the serum was because he was a good man. Mm-hmm. You know, he jumped on that grenade not knowing it wasn't a real grenade in that movie. Not and he didn't have superpowers. In yep. he did it because that's who he was. So right. Tony doesn't know that. You know Tony wasn't around in 1945. Um, obviously, I mean his dad was, but Tony has no idea about that. So you know he can make that statement all he wants, and all he sees Captain as someone you know with just super serum that's coursing through his veins. He doesn't see the character behind it because he doesn't know him. Right. Not.
1: Well, and there's also some fan speculation that a lot of that exchange. You think about, again, Steve not being that far removed from having to fight World War II. And Tony's thing is there's always a way out. You know, mm-hmm. I think I'll just cut the wire. Yeah. And what Steve's saying is I know from experience that that's not how the world or war works, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, Tony's like, I'm a billionaire, playboy, a philanthropist, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Steve says, I know guys like that, you know, worth of you with none of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe thinking about the Hallies. Yeah. And mm. so there's so much behind that exchange, and I just really love that. Cool.
0: What, what else you got, Kyle, quote-wise? Let me see.
2: Sorry, my brain went like well, off on the trail of, yep. like, well, just to think that weeks before, he was dealing with Tony's dad.
0: Yeah. But so then all of a sudden, yeah, like, here's your son. now he's, he's dealing with his yeah. son. That's like... Right. Well, here, I've got some more while you look him up. Um, okay.
1: Do you need to get on the couch? Yeah, <laughs> I may.
0: Like, I was just like...
1: <laughs> Leave it to me deeper. once again to bring the. I emotion. can't wait till we.
0: know it's good. Like it's just, it's <laughs> not even like a
2: sad thing, but it's just like knowing how arrogant his dad could be. Yep. and still like a good guy or whatever. But then knowing, like, it puts your age almost a little in perspective. It's like, well, I'm
0: dealing with his son now, but right. we're technically like around the same age or whatever. Right. So one of their first, uh, this is another Steve and Tony, um, like, I guess, connection or a moment. Uh, they're fighting Loki, or they're about to go fight Loki in very early in the movie. And Steve's like, Stark, we need a plan of attack. And he's like, I have a plan. Attack. Mm-hmm. You know, just right, kind of exactly. really speaks to their, you know, their current characters at that moment. So One
2: of my other favorite lines, and you may have it in the script somewhere, but um, they're in the plane, and they've captured Loki for the first time, and all of a sudden it's lightning and thundering. And yes. he's just like, you know, what, are you afraid of a little bit of lightning? And he's like, well, I'm not very fond of what comes after. Like, right, exactly. Like, which and so, which yeah. is the perfect intro to bring Thor into that. Because Definitely. if you would have just had him show up, like, wouldn't have been much, but I don't know. Because I'd i forgotten how Thor came into it. It's been so long as I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. So to
0: see, like, that's the perfect way to bring him into this movie. So great job, Josh Whedon and all you other folks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Loki, you know, he's threatening Tony with the scepter. How will your friends have time for me when they're so busy fighting you? And he attempts to use the scepter on Tony. And it clinks mm-hmm. harmlessly on the art reactor. He's like... This usually works. And Tony's like, well, performance issues, it's not uncommon. <laughs> one out of five. <laughs> Just a little adult humor there for uh, for oh, all the adults. Um, Cap telling Bruce Banner, you know, right before um, they're about to start fighting, uh, Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. And Banner, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry.
1: Oh. And then
0: the last one I have here is another Hulk moment with Loki. Enough! You are of all of you beneath me, I am a god, you dull creature, and I will not be bullied by and then he just gets slams back yes. and forth and just one of the greatest scenes ever. Mm-hmm. And then Hulk's one line. Beauty god. Yes.
1: <laughs> That's why I love Ragnarok when they brought them back into, mm-hmm. you know, the same area together for the first time. <laughs> and and look, he's like, No, 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 nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I can't be good. here. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> any other quotes, everybody? All right. What worked the best?
1: So I wasn't sure what you meant by this question. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote, I'd like to take this moment to say that this movie doesn't work without Colby Smothers, and she needs to get credit for what she brings to Agent Hill.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely.
1: That's that's what I put. That works for me. Yes,
2: (laughs) Mine was simple enough to say just the fact of how they interact together. Right. Because it's the first movie, at least in this type of genre, that we ever have seen individual character movies, and then finally a team-up movie. And right. Like We've had the X-Men that was technically a team-up movie, but they but it individual never never before. So this yeah. is the first time of seeing something like this and for them to succeed with it. Um, I remember even thinking back then, you know, you're talking about six characters together, you know, at least right. six main ones mm-hmm. versus you see a movie with 60 or more later, you know, yep. and just to see how they are able to grow that and make that work and still give everybody proper screen time. Like, right. I don't know. It's just crazy to see the difference in how that goes, but I really just like how they allowed each character to kind of be themselves and Mm -hmm. do their role, and it didn't, I don't know. I think about Justice League, where in that movie, there's so much of, well, hold on, we got to go over here for Wonder Woman now, and we got to go back over here for Batman, like, to give them giant things instead of letting them just work together and be in one big movie, so.
0: Um, I put that this was basically the perfect team-up movie. Um, That worked the best, and while seeing the other five MCU films would enhance your knowledge of this, I'd say they were not required to watch this film. The film did a perfect job reintroducing every major character. Um, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like Mark Ruffalo, Hulk, and Bruce Manner was an upgrade over Edward Norton. That's just me. Um, I agree with that now, though. I I feel like I wrote that somewhere, but
2: I don't know where I wrote it at, but... I know. Whenever we previously talked about the Hulk, I said I liked Edward Norton better because I would like to see what he could have done with it. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest: whenever she meets up at the beginning and meets up with him, yeah, it's automatically like he's Hulk. Like it doesn't nothing in my brain like even switched
0: to be like, oh, I wish whatever Norton would have done here. It's like no, you just you you own this role now. Um, Some other things I said weren't the best. Let's see. Iron Man, Captain America rivalries were sown early here. Mm. Yes. Um, Hawkeye, Black Widow friendship was put on display early mm-hmm. here. That you know, relationship was really key to this and is going to be key in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. in Endgame, um, maybe even in the Black Widow movie. We don't know. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was not seen as a squeaky clean organization. You know, no,
1: it, I noticed that. You know, it was interesting because I like going back and watching it, knowing what it, you know in the future. Mm-hmm. I and I didn't think about it the first time around, but I'm like, there's so much ambiguity right here with like what Shield and Fury are already doing from yep. the jump mm-hmm. that, that you
0: don't trust something them. that's confirmed in Winter Soldier. I mean, it's right, just, and that's not something Fury nef- necessarily had a hand in with Winter Soldier. Correct, but he's shady too. I mean, right. he's like Tony says, he's a, the spy spy. Right, I mean, his secrets have secrets. Correct. So. Mm-hmm. And then um, the last two things, Thor is his best when he has other Avengers to play off of, I felt uh, like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you look at Thor and Thor The Dark World, and, you know, it's not that great. But then you put him in Ragnarok with, with Bruce Banner, and, I mean, and I felt like he's at his best there. He's at his best in these movies. And then Clark Gregg is Phil Coulson was so good mm-hmm. in this movie and his other appearances chef's
3: kiss. that he got... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. He, he to got... Re- th- that's that's going to be that's gonna
0: one of our, <laughs> our uh, items here. Uh, it I don't remember, but he got it. Somebody. Oh, um, man. He was so good in this movie and his other appearances that he got a seven-season TV deal out of this. Yes. I mean, yeah. he, he is incredible in such a... I mean, it's a, it's a minor role, but it's so important to the Avengers and then, you know, in Marvel television moving forward for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, you get to see more and more of that, and how they reference what he did in these films, especially in, in the current season.
2: Well, it wouldn't even have worked without him, though. They couldn't yep. have done the TV. I mean, they right. could have done something completely different, but right. the reason you even watch that's because the reason you know the relationship you start to grow to love about this guy in yep. this show, uh, and that's the reason that's why I watch the show. But also too to see how even that show grows to later on end up. What's happening on the show is affected, where you were literally watched it this week, mm-hmm. went and saw, was it Winter Soldier? Yep. And then, like, over the weekend, and then next week on TV, like, it literally had an effect, like, where yes. it's tied in that way, mm-hmm. where it's never been done before, at least nothing i ever watched. But Yes. Anyway. Um,
1: just to jump in, because Ryan Bissessi, <laughs> he said on Facebook Live, is that an N95 Iron Man helmet, or the disposable one?
0: <laughs> it's N95. It's N95, mm-hmm. for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely.
1: And then he also said which Avenger would go first in the NFL draft? Browns would probably draft Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously the Patriots would take Cap.
0: <laughs> yes. Pa- Pats would take Cap America Captain America. Um the Browns, I don't think they're drafting Ant Man. I think they're probably gonna draft like um like Jasper Sitwell, you know. <laughs> oh
1: man. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, there there's a deep dive for you. So I'll um. be see like that. He knows the Browns are li- what the, the Browns are like. I'm sorry, buddy.
2: Side note was whenever we first went to college, like the first weekend I ever went out with anyone, <laughs> Ryan's like, "Hey, we're going go to this restaurant, and watch the football." I was like, "Okay, I'll go." With was you. it the Browns Bar? It was literally <laughs> the area where the local Browns all come together, and they just there's a section for them <laughs> reserved <laughs> off. Wow. So me and
0: Michael and Ryan went, and I was like, I had no clue this existed. Right. And he's like, "Yeah, we're That's big definitely. Brown fan fan base around yeah, here." Of course. So, of course, of course. Um, y'all have anything else for this section that nope. nope. worked the best? Nope. Nitpicks. I've got two. Uh, y'all have any nitpicks? I've got one. Okay.
1: Do you have any? Kyle? I have one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
0: you want you go to go first? You want me to first. go first? I'll go. It doesn't matter. Okay, go ahead. Mine's
2: not a, a giant one. I really like Loki as a villain, but honestly, the alien invasion towards the end is just not my favorite villains of like right. the Marvel Universe. Right. It just reminds me of a bunch of Transformers and stuff. And I get it. Like It worked for that scene and for what it was. But when you're ranking all the other ones throughout time, like I like Loki as a villain, but I just really just don't care. For, like, I do like robots.
1: how they <clears throat> they don't one off them though, yes, even though they're not the best villains. Mm. They tie back in later to Agents of Shield, that's to Spider Man. They they don't just say like nah, we're just gonna forget that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they do a lot of a lot of. Bringing them back into like what it would really look like if an alien invasion That's happened, true. and how many things would be tied into that, and how many years it would take to recover and rebuild. So that was kind of interesting to me um, from the first Spider-Man movie, especially. Uh, yeah, like
2: I didn't thought about it the two I was thinking about the vulture and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that actually
1: played. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and so
0: the shockers thing, yeah. and um, then the Shatari, They are part of the Thanos's army in Endgame as well. Mm-hmm. So. Right. So, uh, what about you, Ashby?
1: So, uh, this is probably not going to be the first time I bring this up. It's probably not the first time I've brought it up, and it won't be the last time that mm-hmm. I bring it, is it up. Is, but is it
0: mine? Your
1: <clears throat> no, no, actually. Okay, well, then,
0: then leave that alone. Okay, beautiful. cool.
1: Beautiful. We Yay. both have like a really beautiful, serious thing to bring up.
0: Yay. Okay. We're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's not and where so you're serious. That. <laughs> and <laughs> serious.
1: Yeah. No, this is going to work out really well. Yay. But Eric and I are going to make people cry. Yes, we are. So, Here's the thing. Again, you're gonna hear me talk about this, especially when we move into like Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron, because I think it only gets worse. But I understand the reality of a PG thirteen, mainly family friendly, big budget, large cast, you know, focused on action, maybe a hint of comedy and drama, making a movie like that and, and creating space in the plot for certain things. I understand that. But the Marvel universe almost never gives space to mental illness unless it's a plot device. Right. And, you know, we think Tony having um, panic attacks in Iron Man 3 Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Black Widow talking about her time during Age of Ultron to Banner about what it was like to be raised in the Red Room. And then Thor in Endgame is clearly depressed. Yes. Um, You know, there's death, there's trauma, there's a lot of off-screen torture, there's loss, and none of it is resolved almost. And so... I think about in just the things in this one movie that we get a few sentences on. So, like, Natasha talks to Clint about her red room training. Mm-hmm. Thor mentions that he was mourning Loki before he realized he was alive and then realized he hated him. Bruce Banner talks about putting a bullet in his own... Head, yes, mm-hmm.
0: which is a very which, shocking moment, in right? That film. It
1: is, and, and uh, that's
0: one of your eye opening moments, mm-hmm. like, wow.
1: right? And it, I don't think sometimes you think about the gravitas of it because you know the Hulk spit the bullet back out, but he f- he expected it to work, yes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Tony's still dealing with his time from the Ten Rings, and Steve his internal sense of time, he lost his best friend and the love of his life just mere weeks or months ago um, and, you know, intended to die in that plane crash. Mm. And so we have all, we have all of these red flags popping up and we're just like, gloss it over, nothing to see here, moving along, Mm. you know, explosions. Yes. Yep. Um, And so I just really, I, I understand why it's glossed over. I wish if it was going to be glossed over, they wouldn't, Use it as a plot device, mm-hmm. but I also understand that in a movie that is supposed to be meant for your children to be able to watch with you, you can't talk about how horrific Tony's time in the cave and Natasha's time in the Red Room and Bucky's time as the Winter Soldier must have been. Like we know as a, adults, what that situation probably looked like, mm. and it's awful. Right, but they just don't. They just don't talk about it, yeah. and so I just it it just. I, that's what fan fiction's for, <laughs> to create a space for healing. It's fine, but I just think it's interesting that y- it's almost never really dealt with. It's just brought up. Right.
0: Um, I have two nitpicks. Um, the first one is something I noticed when watching, and it's, it's especially important in today's time and culture. Uh, the Avengers like diversity and female representation. It definitely stands out now. Mm. Um, this eventually gets fixed. You know, they add Falcon, they add Black Panther, they add War Machine. Um, they add Captain Marvel. Um, you know they have that great r- female team up in Infinity War and Endgame. Or even Pepper um, Potts gets a little more involved yeah, in the movie. Exactly. The along. But uh, in this movie, you know representation's important, and there was very little outside of Nick Fury as the puppet master. But he really wasn't, you know, doing, you know, he was kind of arranging the pieces, but he wasn't that, that mm-hmm. super involved in that. And then Romanoff is the sole female member of the team. Right. So that's a nitpick of mine. And then in retrospect. And this is a, you know, we'll tie into our next uh, topic as well. Um, What was Thanos' original plan? Like, he had the Mind Stone, and he gave it to Loki in a scepter to get the Tesseract, but then he had those, so he had two Infinity Stones, and then by the end of the film, he had none. I mean, what was his plan there? I mean... Was well, this plan just to destroy Earth so they don't interfere with any more Infinity Stones? Because I mean, you gotta backfired. risk it to get the biscuit. I well, guess. He had, <laughs> but he, but he had two biscuits and then he had none. So well, I mean that's
1: how the cricky crumbles. So um,
0: you know, that, that's just that's my one nitpick. Is Thanos' plan? I know they did their best job working with multiple directors and multiple um, producers and you know screenwriters and all this to tie in twenty three films at the, to date. Um, but early on, there didn't seem to be that cohesive of a plan other than, well, let's just shove in Thanos into this end credit scene for fan service, which as someone who wasn't a big comic fan, I had no idea who Grimace was at the end of the movie. So, I mean... <laughs> well, I feel like right. I saw
2: something yesterday that was saying like Joss Whedon just threw him in kind of at the end. Mm-hmm. Not to say he wasn't, because they do briefly talk about the higher ups of everything at some point Loki is, but... He just threw him because he just thinks he's the most interesting villain of of the whole Marvel universe. So he just threw, kind of put him at the end for that. Um, but I agree. Like I didn't think in depth about it. I just kind of left it out there just to be like, I remember seeing it in theaters and at least in knowing who he was, even though I didn't know a ton about him. But right. seeing it and being like, something big's coming. Yeah. Right. And you yeah, honestly growing up the way we did too, I expected it to be like next movie. Where's he at? Like, yeah. You didn't have to wait
0: however many more movies to get five to five years. Anyway. <laughs> Um, do y'all have any questions about this movie that have been left unanswered? I have three. I didn't have mm-hmm. any. Okay. Um, Not to say I won't as you bring them up. Like that's uh, a great question. I'll, I'll start with one then. Yeah. What happened to the other? He was the guy kind of narrating at the beginning, and he was kind of the one telling Thanos to you know to you know attempt to take over the Earth is to court death, but then he doesn't show up in anything else. Whatever happened to him? But Death doesn't really show up either, does well, it? Well, no, no, but, you know, Death wasn't necessarily a character, but... Mm. In the comics, you know, she was. She was time. in the comics, but not in the movies, but, the, you know, he's the guy who gives Loki the scepter on behalf of Thanos, mm-hmm. and, you know, and he shows up in the end credit scene with Thanos, but he never really shows up beyond that, unless he, you know, does he show up in Guardians and gets killed? I don't know. I mean, mm. so... And then, I can't um, remember. And then, also, seriously, Thanos' plan? I mean, just... <laughs> right. What's <laughs> more? And then, the last one I have is, uh, did the Avengers ever discover that Coulson was alive? Uh, and I'm hoping there's some kind of closure on that in this current season of, uh, uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because That was my question. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was like, between the end of this movie and the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm still unsure exactly how the bring Colson back thing happened and how Fury did it and who knew about it exactly. And I can't remember if it was ever a satisfactory. I like, really explained. Mm.
0: I really wanted him, like Coulson, to show up with that big gun he had in um, in this movie, mm. in the end game scene with all the battle. Like, I just wanted him to show up, and I, not knowing that it probably wouldn't tie in at all with right. the show, yeah. but I just wanted him to show it up. He just shows up, like, by himself, and, and, and right. Tony's like, "Oh, there's yeah. Phil, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my friend they, Phil."
1: They talk about how they bring him back a little bit in Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. but, but it's just. Like, do all the Avengers who are super sad he died still think he's dead? And it's, like, ten years later? Yeah. we
2: even still, like, because my first thought was, oh, he, j- he just escaped. But he didn't. Like, as far as he knew, he went. you know, I'm not going to go in the big explanation of what all happens of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But it's not, like, for what they knew, he probably could have been dead at that point. Right. So it wasn't through what he went through to bring him back. But mine, actually, a question I have now does tie in with that was, did Samuel Jackson grab those cards out of his locker and go find Colton and like rub it in his blood 100 percent like, like, Yes, of course this. he did. Of course he did. Because like <laughs> he comes in, and he throws those cards down, and then she was like, They were in his locker. Like, they just go grab him and like, hold on a second, give me that body back. I'm like, what's his combination just, again?
0: <laughs> yeah. Fury
1: would 100 percent do that.
0: Um he so, threw them out there. I was like, wait a second. Hunter answer, answers a question for me. He says, Ronan kills the other In Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay,
3: so there you go. Thank there you, we Hunter. Go. We thank have not yeah. we have an answered
0: question now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um all right. Where does this movie fall in your ranking of MCU films, or in just of the Avengers films in general? This oh, is this w- this was a really tough one for me. Um, I I originally ranked this like as my number five MCU film. That was before Endgame, before Spider Man Far From Home, and I'm not sure where it would fall now if I were to. Because I originally ranked Infinity War ahead of it, but in terms of enjoyability. I think I enjoyed this one the most, just because it was the most fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I'm really not sure. Like,
1: well, it's also actually enjoyable to watch without a lot of like emotional mm-hmm. baggage, because it's before everything went to whatever in a handbasket. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. so <laughs> where to, to stop yourself there? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go another direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean, uh, for me, I didn't have a
2: specific number. I just put it top ten. Because well, it's definitely I, top ten, yeah. I almost, I get bad with numbers because the next thing I oh, put I'd all, I put all twenty whatever in the top ten, be like, oh, they're all top ten. It's like that's not how how math works. I put
1: one day I will rank all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but that day is not this day, so I'll say top ten.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> literally was like probably top five. It's like well right. maybe it's maybe it's not maybe. It's like I can say But it's like you and I will
1: keep saying top five or top ten yep. They're like all twenty something sure. MCU movies. You don't have
0: the Incredible Hulk in your top ten, but that's and the only one. Like, you
1: know that's not how math works, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're bad with grammar and with math. What can't I teach you? We finally reached the end <laughs> of gym. at least through the first couple of phases. Have you told her about the gym thing that gets on my nerves because
2: she knows the <laughs> truth. we'll talk about it. Anyway. I um, just imagine Eric he, after like another year you. or two, like sets out and he's just like, "All right, you're sitting down. Here's here's a whiteboard <laughs> right. for each of you. We're listing them now.
1: <laughs> right down your you keep saying top ten, and it's not.
0: I'm going to have little things with Velcro on them. I'm like, you move them around how you want to. Right, but here's how we're doing this. You <laughs>
1: have to have a definitive mm-hmm. choice made for each film.
0: Then we just like one through ten, one through ten,
1: <laughs> all top ten. Great yeah, movies. great. All
0: right, did this movie change things in the superhero genre for the better or for the worse? For the better for the better why
1: i think it paved the way for better versions of ensemble Mm. casts in Mm. this not that it was the first one right because it certainly wasn't the first ensemble you know comic um movie with a with a big cast and all that kind of stuff but i think it it made it it set the bar for sure and I think it made it more marketable and maybe a little bit more obtainable at the box office. So, you know, we had had the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and we had had X-Men mm-hmm. and they did well. But I think Avengers was the first movie where they were like, well, if we do it right, it could do better than well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, cool. I to see like, and I mentioned it briefly earlier, but it goes right along with what you're saying. But to see. Infinity War and Endgame and see it, that many of characters, how we're still interested in that. We don't lose interest by, you know, you've got at least 60 in one, but then by the end scene and endgame where you've just got so many people you can't even distinguish the quantity of them. Right. But you're still all in and you yeah. want to know about what's going on. It's not how I am at the end of this movie where it's just a bunch of aliens kind of flying around. Like, you don't get lost in that. You literally, at that point, you want to know where everybody is and you're focused on that. Right. Um, it makes me think that we just to see how DC came back with it. Now they saw how Marvel did, and how the success came with it. And instead of starting over the same way that Marvel did, they were like, okay, throw them all together. Let's mm-hmm. get Justice League in, within the first three movies or whatever. Like, yeah. and you know, even Batman versus Superman, where it was cool entrance for Wonder Woman and everybody kind of to be there, they definitely did not succeed in a way that Marvel did. No, um, you know, but I definitely think it opened it up to much better things because the same way where we'll go back to new Marvel movies, and they still are able to hold their own. Like, yes. whenever you go back to Winter Soldier or the next Iron Man or the next Thor, even though you're not a big fan of that one. Um, but just how, and I'm not saying you, I'm not, I don't remember a ton about it. But, I'm not. But it's but <laughs> still, like, how those movies happen, and we're still interested just as much then. And then we get excited to see how we're going to add these additional characters into it. Um, and even just to think back then, if this wouldn't have succeeded... You probably wouldn't have seen Spider-Man in this universe. Yeah. Right. Um, and just even think back then, it was 2012. There's no way in our minds we we're like, Spider-Man could be here someday or yeah, anything it, The Amazing
0: that. Spider-Man 2 came out in like 2014 yeah, or something. Yeah, it's right I mean. around in there at least. Like, so. And then two years later, Spider-Man shows up in Civil War. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's crazy. And right. then
2: just the other, you know, we start off with this cast. We've talked about it before. Like, I didn't really know a ton about
0: Thor or I didn't really know much
2: about, you know, even Iron Man or whatever. But then to go to where you've got Ant-Man now and you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy to the point that they've succeeded well enough that it's like whatever you put out, I'm going to see it. I don't know much about it, but it's okay. I know you'll let me know who they are. Right.
0: Uh, I'm going to talk about that when we get the Guardians, but Mm. Guardians was like, you know, I went to see it opening day just because it was Marvel, not knowing. Mm. Same. And... Showed up and I had zero made, made know, my expectations. My, made my decision after that. That no matter what Marvel puts mm-hmm. out, until they disappoint me, I'm going. Well, I was like, How yeah. are they going to make a tree great?
2: Like, mm-hmm. I get it in a comic; right. you can make anything work. But this is a movie. How am I going to like? Yeah, it just it blew it away. Same way. From so, now right. on, any movie they put out, I will go see.
0: So here's what I said. You know, did th- th- this movie change things in superhero genre for better or worse? I said both. It is the blueprint for all superhero team up movies, and it raised both expectations and the standard for both DC and any other shared universe and for themselves. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, most shared universes didn't see anything past the money this movie made, and as a result there is a lot of awful shared universes out there with some bad movies and I am talking about the Justice League, but I'm also referring to Universal's attempt to their monster universe with The Mummy that, you know, with Tom Cruise that you don't even know what we're talking about because it was so bad that they were going to like do King Kong and all I this other things. I'm sorry, do you mean together?
1: Brendan Fraser?
0: No, 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 no. Not Brendan Fraser. Sure? I mean
1: Tom Cruise. Because Cru- that movie was legit. That movie was legit, right.
0: but they remade it with Tom Cruise like three years ago as a vehicle to oh. uh, to expand into a. I was about to say, oh, wait like, a
1: second. I'm having a recovered memory. Yeah.
2: So I had a brief moment of being like, you remember whenever I talked about how yes. Ashby went on a date and was you know, telling me how to <laughs> yes. We went and saw The Mummy that
0: night. <laughs> The Brandon wow. Fraser one. So, uh, so, that's I so wow. when I say both, yes, it raised expectations. Allison expe- says hi, by the way. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> it raised expectations, you know, for themselves. And they're the but they're the only ones who've been able to meet those expectations. No one else has been able to do it. Mm-hmm. The only thing good coming out of the DC shared universe right now is Wonder Woman. Now they're doing a little better seeing With how the news they- that released this week, I'm excited. Well, I hope so, but again, I'm just waiting for them to screw it up. Whereas with Marvel, I'd be super excited. Well, at with with DC, I'm not, I don't here's have high hopes.
1: Here's so. the thing I, I really hope Hunter Benton is still watching. Um, I've thought about this long and hard because I want to have a reason to dislike DC movies. I don't want to be that person that's like, I just don't like DC movies and I don't like Snyder. Anyway, so I've come up with like actual defined reasons, okay. and they are casting.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Tone Mm -hmm. and color palette, okay? If you think about DC versus Marvel, okay, you think about how stellar, with just a few exceptions, Marvel is at casting, Yes. okay? Then you think about tone. No matter how serious the MCU gets, which it does get more serious as it goes on because they're dealing with bigger crises, there's always room for a little bit of comedy, and then you think about color palette so marvel is colorful it's bright it's so well done and and when i watch a dc movie and i have gone to try to watch some of them in theaters it is i cannot i cannot tell what's on the screen because everything it's dark it's dark on top so of dark, dark on top of dark and i can't even see what i'm supposed to be seen until someone moves and i'm like oh there he is he's in the corner of the screen and it just I, you know, until Wonder Woman and mm, maybe Suicide Squad um, and then like Birds of Prey, which I haven't seen, but I've seen the trailers for when when someone finally came in and was like, why don't we throw some color in here and kind of yeah. brightened it up? Mm-hmm. I just was like, I don't this is depressing as a whole. I don't yes. want to watch this. Right. And I don't have any particular issue with with any person who's played a character or any decision they've made about a character. I just don't enjoy watching those movies because of the overall effect of those combined issues, I think.
2: I would agree with that 100%. I think, for me, the biggest part of it is the movies that they've put out recently, like, within, since all this, since they've revamped things, they've stuck to a darker tone to be a certain way, but they haven't made the movie suitable for that tone. Like, if you go back to, you know, Christian Bale's Batman, everything's a darker tone, and things are more dark in that, But the storyline plays right along with it. So you're going to see that and it's okay and everything fits versus, you know, even in a Batman world, that's what you see more of. Even I think back to like Joel Schumacher, who you know, RIP, rest in peace, has passed away. But to think about that, you know, his were much more colorful and funny looking and everything. But that was the tone of the movie. Right. Um, It was campy. And to see it now, though, like any of the characters they've really put in other than Superman, which was a big complaint for a lot of people, like Superman is a big colorful character. Right. More of the happier side of things. Like give him
1: a little bit more of that. Right. Like how did you make him drap? Yeah. I mean, like Clark Kent specifically is supposed to be the comedic relief of Superman. Mm -hmm. He's like bumbling and he's Mm -hmm. funny and he's inept, which is hilarious because that's why people don't see Superman Because Clark is such the, I thought the it was antithesis his of that.
0: Like, genius disguise. Yeah. Put on some, some right, ground glasses. Some,
1: put on some glasses. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't see yeah. it.
2: Well the, the big thing too is the other characters that they've put in it yet. They haven't put in anybody like the Flash is obviously more so of a funny character. Green Lantern's a funny guy. Like right. they haven't put any of that in there. In the same right. way though with Birds of Prey, like, it's not a great, like, amazing movie, but it definitely, I felt like at least a step in a better direction. Right. Yeah. Where, honestly, it was just, like, a female version of Deadpool. Honestly, right. it was more so, it was just Harley Quinn. It wasn't so much Birds of Prey at that point. Right. But, either way, we'll get back to Marvel now. Awesome. But
0: um, so, for my random section, I also, you know, I put random section, anything else you want to add, favorite theory, rabbit hole you went down, I also put in our question of the day on Facebook, what Avenger would you be, and what Avenger would you say the rest of us are? Um, so, we can throw that in there as well. Um, I don't have anything random, but I'm sure you do. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, Just so for you, Eric. Yay! Uh, Fannin. <laughs> yes, our favorite word. Fannin. I've taught
1: you guys a new word mm-hmm.
0: Fannin and Zeitgeist. <clears throat> C- <clears throat> cultural Zeitgeist. Cultural yes. Zeitgeist. Yes. Give us some Fannin, Ashby.
1: Okay. So, Avengers as Family, fanon a Thread. <laughs> Avengers as Family is one of my favorite shared Fannin headcanons. Where we don't like to think about all the bad, awful things to come after this movie. It's always 2012, and the Avengers all live at the newly renovated Avengers Tower. They each have their own floor. More of that in my fun facts. Clint crawls around the vents messing with people. Natasha and Bruce do yoga together. Steve draws everyone. Tony insists on movie nights as team building. Coulson is still alive and is the official team handler and liaison to S.H.I.E.L.D. Pepper is the team mom and deals with all their PR crisis issues. And as more characters come in, instead of things falling apart, it just gets better. Deadpool drops in to harass everyone, somehow getting past every security measure Tony <laughs> can throw at him. Steve helps Peter with his history homework. Vision and Stephen Strange have magic training classes together. Bucky and Sam bicker over everything, including the proper place to stash knives, and it's not in the couch cushions, Bucky. <laughs> Thor loves Pop-Tarts, and Bruce is the only one that can manage to cook anything for everyone until Bucky comes along. That's a, there's a lot less takeout after that.
0: I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is awesome. I now I I so. want to see that in like yes. animated form, like just as That's I said. Totally yep. like I would love to see that. You know, have a great little snazzy little theme song, you know, like uh, f- the full house, you know, everywhere mm-hmm. you look, ev- there's my yep. song of the week. Ouch. Yes. <laughs> is that on a night again?
1: Yes. Oh,
0: yes. you 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 stinker. I can't but <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out to
1: Amanda for helping me put that together. Nice. She says that the new there's the new animated version of the Avengers on Disney Plus. And I forget seven. what it's called. I'll have to look. But it, they've sort of revamped a p- specific storyline for the Avengers um, in this new uh, animated show on Disney And she says it's a lot more like that, where it's like Avengers Assemble, and they're right. all together and working as a team constantly. Mm. And you know, that's she says cool. it's a lot more like we're all friends and we fight together. Yeah. So,
2: mm-hmm. I I do how it came these? out it was oh. like Earth Avengers, Earth's Mightiest, mightiest Heroes,
0: Heroes. Yeah, so I don't know if that's the one, or if it's newer than that.
1: Possibly, I have to look. Let's I don't, look don't know.
0: know. Do you have anything random here, Kyle? No, um, do you all want to share which Avenger you would be and which one you think we are? You said we have to stick to the main six, though, right? If
2: you'd like to. That's what I'm doing. So. Okay. Because, honestly, I think I'm like Fat Thor from like... Okay, I was about <laughs> to say,
1: Kyle's definitely Thor. I wasn't going to say Fat Thor. I'm, just Thor. I'm just calling
2: it like it is mm-hmm. big, Beard. I have
0: Kyle right. as Thor as well.
1: Yes. Nice. And... um. Uh, Eric is Bruce Banner. Oh, I see that. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. W- what about
0: you, you?
2: Literally, you don't turn green, but Coach Creech's voice is literally <laughs> Bruce's. Yeah, but
1: old. I like, like, you are, I have reasons for this, actually. Mm-hmm. I've thought about it. Because, so, like, Kyle is like Thor because he he has, like, the best heart, and he always has, like, the best intentions, and sometimes you come in, and you're like, okay, guys, let's do this, mm-hmm. and then, you know, but then, like, sometimes you'll knock a mic, and you're like, Some sorry, guys, it's my <laughs> bad. And sometimes yeah. I insult Eric, and I right, don't mean to, but Right, yeah. And then Eric's like Bruce Banner because, um, <clears throat> like, you're you're smart and you're intentional, and you want to be a team player. But you also will only participate if it's you, if you think it's your idea that you're there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. So what about you? <coughs> who are you? Like, just shut that yeah. it was like who are like, you? Stop talking about me. This is about <laughs> This isn't about idea. me. <laughs> I'll give my answers in a second. But what about you? I just imagine right on the I way. Home. Yeah, who do you think you are?
1: I'm Maria Hill.
0: Okay, fair enough.
2: Fair
1: yeah, enough.
0: Kyle, who do you think Ashby is?
2: I don't know because I don't like. She's not technically an Avenger. Like I get it. Like she's
0: part of the cast, so I, I could. That's true. That. So, I, I disagree. So here's what I had. I look at the three of us as the big three Avengers. You know. Okay. I'm Steve Rogers. I do wanna. No. Okay. Kyle, you're Thor. You're fun-loving, epic beard, great one-liners. Okay. Ashby, you're Iron Man. That's true. You're terrific. supremely intelligent.
1: I intele- can be
0: a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I we always do go the best on ourselves. Here's <laughs> what I say. I'm fat. You're a jerk. You're <laughs> supremely intelligent. You've okay. got your mess together. You're always working to make things better for the team and everyone else. I'm Cap. I'm old-fashioned. I got morality-based, and I'm trying to see the good in everybody.
1: I like it. So that, that's, like where, it. that's where I went. I am probably more Tony Stark than I want to admit. It's fine. It's fine. I'm probably more Hulk than I want to admit. Door, <laughs> <laughs> <North> stairs! <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just imagine Eric on the ride home. It's like, what did you mean it's my idea? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, he's up at 3 o'clock in
0: the morning tonight. Like, it's like, I'm going to send y'all a text at three thirty. Like, Ashby, what did you mean by that? <laughs> when are we <laughs> having our next couch session where I get to sit and like, right. you know, it really hurt my feelings. With <laughs> P.S. I just smashed my coffee table. <laughs> Also, my house burnt down. (laughs) (laughs) Forget the studio. All right, my last question before we get to the um, next section. What's your what the what moment? This is a new section. The moment where you geeked out the most.
2: Kyle? I put this down because honestly, I didn't necessarily geek out. Mm -hmm. But it was a realization this time through that I haven't noticed before. And that is how good Loki is at fighting. Like he just whoops Captain America like the first time they're fighting. Oh, and yeah. It's not because he's a god and has powers. Like it's just literally his hand to hand combat. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I know we saw some of that in Thor, you know. But I don't know. He just caught me off guard this time seeing him actually fighting, and he wasn't just using a bunch of powers or using godly type things or his staff. It was literally just straight up fighting Captain America. And we've seen how great Captain America is with fighting and all the skills he has. And to see Loki just step up in the first scene and pretty much if it wasn't for Iron Man to show up and do everything else, like Cap would have lost that fight. Yeah. So. I
1: just remembered what my other favorite quote was. oh Oh, man. Let's, we let's, were, let's, let's fit it in. Because we were talking about Loki and Cap fighting, and I, if you remember that they're in Germany mm-hmm. when that's happening, And Loki tells everyone to kneel. And that guy stands up and says, I will never kneel to men like you. And Loki's like, there are no men like me. And he says, there are always men like you. And I was like, oh, chills.
0: Yeah, goosebumps there.
1: (laughs) Anyway. So, okay, my what the what. Your what the what moment. This is when I steal from you. Oh. I had a brand new (laughs) what the what moment rewatching this movie as I realized something for the first time uh, and the brand new implications given certain MCU plots as they've evolved since 2012. Daniel Sousa alive, thriving, time traveling, and somehow a New York City beat cop in 2012. Yes. It's yes. possible, it thanks is. to the current and last season of Agents of Shield and f- some fortuitous casting. Nice. So this is where I give a, an extra spoiler warning for the very recent, like latest Literally episode aired latest season, last yes, night of Agents of Shield. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, it's Kyle.
2: Okay. I watched Titans last night. It was lots of fun.
1: Yeah.
0: We're on Marvel. Just saying it was dark. Don't don't make me Hulk out. Just in case you were questioning, it was dark. (laughs) I'm shocked. Uh, Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, So many people know that there are a lot of bit actors and maybe not so bit actors that play more than one role in the MCU, but almost no one but hardcore fans ever really notices this, except that because I'm coming off of the most recent episode of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they bring back Daniel Sousa from Agent Carter, mm-hmm. um, I noticed this time around w- watching Avengers that a certain cop in a certain scene looked very familiar. And it turns out that the guy who plays Daniel Sousa was cast as a cop with no lines beside a cop who Steve Rogers has a conversation with during the Battle of Manhattan about moving civilians and setting up a perimeter. A mere casting blip uh, that most, the, well, the only hardened Marvel fans really caught. How am I ever... Given the most recent uh, episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we now know that just a few years after the end of Agent Carter, Daniel Sousa was fated to be the first agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. killed in the line of duty, Mm -hmm. which by historical record he did, in fact, do, except we now know instead that his death was faked and he was spirited away through time by the current Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and i like to think that after his times shenanigans somehow landed him permanently in new york city in the 2010s he had to make a life for himself as a member of the NYPD and that's the reason he didn't have any lines in the movie is because his character is supposed is supposed to be properly speechless that he's talking to captain america yes cuz he good. so the cops just standing there just mm-hmm. staring at steve and I like to think it's because Daniel Seuss is like, oh, man, that's Captain America. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Act cool.
0: And see, I'm I'm of <laughs> the, you know, I wrote this uh, in one of my fun facts here, um, which I'm cool with because I had a billion of them. I'm also of the uh, opinion that if we're looking at full MCU canon,
3: mm-hmm. Cap
0: goes back in time to spend it with Agent uh, with Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. Sousa had a romantic relationship with Peggy Carter in season two of Agent Carter. Right. But it didn't work out as we find out in the season of Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And... I'm thinking, you know, they end up. We don't know yet. We don't know how it's going to play out. But I'm thinking they're going to end up in 2012, and he's going to be a beat cop. And the whole time he's standing there, he's like, "There's the guy who stole my girl."
1: That's right. <laughs> but sh- he totally sees what she saw in him. Oh, well, that oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's not blind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My
0: what the what moment was Captain America giving out instructions, where everyone looks to him as a leader finally, and it even starts like call it out Cap, and he gives out specific battle plans for how to take on this army of. Aliens that Cap has no experience dealing with, and it ends with Hulk smash. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. But I also really love the Battle of New York because I think for time reasons, they really glossed over the time he spent with the Howling Commandos as a montage that Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of lines. Right. So here you get to see part of Steve Rogers, canonically, is his strategic mind. Yes. And so you finally get to see that play out on screen, which I think is great. I
0: think so, too. Absolutely. (sighs) I concur. You're missing the points. There's no throne. There's no version of this where you come out on top. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the podcast, you'd be darn well sure we'll avenge it. In every episode of our Running the Infinity Gauntlet series, we are taking a look at a vital piece of the MCU that helped shape the Infinity Saga. So with that in mind, let's assemble together Avengers Headquarters, Ashby, Teach us what we need to know about the Avengers Initiative.
1: I forgot this was my part. I was like, oh, I'm going (laughs) to sit back. and." What's happening here? This This is is you. (laughs) What's this
2: (laughs) big intro for?
1: Oh, okay. In the MCU, the Avengers Initiative is an idea created by Nick Fury to assemble a team of heroes with extraordinary ability to fight the battles that humanity is unable to fight on their own. The initiative was originally named the Protector Initiative. However, after Fury saw Carol Danvers' call sign from the time when she was in the United States Air Force, he renamed it the Avengers Initiative. Nice. After the first few movies of the MCU progress, we see both Black Widow on Fury's behest, Fury himself, and even Tony Stark considering the implications of, the logistics of, and the possible members for the Avengers Initiative. Not to be confused with Avengers The Initiative, which was a comic book series from Marvel written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage with artwork initially by Stefano Caselli, Steve (laughs) Urie, and Harvey... Why do these guys all have hard last names? Because they
0: knew we'd talk about them one day.
1: (laughs) Something. Anyway, uh, it ran from 2007 to 2010 as an ongoing series that dealt with the aftermath of the Civil War storyline. It was canceled after number 35 and was replaced by Avengers Academy, which I feel is a more accurate description after reading just the barest hint of a summary. I get the feeling this is sort of like Avengers if the Avengers were put into the framework of the X-Men where there are staff and students, training and classes, and drama. So much drama. All the drama. Very That's nice. what I got from For
2: sure. Great job.
0: Good job. Great information. Awesome. And uh, we know that the Avengers end up growing beyond the current members. And, right. Um, and you
2: Captain know, America wasn't even an original. Exactly.
0: Original. He wasn't, which is kind of crazy to think about. But he is the, uh, you know, I kind of look at him as like the Cyclops of the team. Like he's the leader. Yep. But, you know, in the movies, Cyclops isn't, it's Wolverine. I mean. you know, Right. Anyway. Wolverine. Says. Right. Yeah. Big man with a mic and some headphones. Take that away. What are you? Uh, genius, billionaire,
2: billionaire, we billionaire. <laughs> had it right the first time.
0: <laughs> billionaire, playboy philanthropist. <laughs> I know guys with none of that worth 10 of you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really podcast for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play to lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you.
2: I think I'd just cut the wire.
0: Always way out. You know, you may not be a threat, but you'd better stop be pretending that you're a podcaster podcaster
2: like you you're a lab
0: experiment Creech. everything's special about you came out of a bottle put the headphones on grab the mic let's go a few rounds and while we're at it let's slip on the infinity gauntlet yes all that's set up for this section here and let's take a look at not six this time because this is the avengers we're gonna supersize everything nine of our favorite observations and insights from the avengers three fun facts per person kyle you get to go first
2: My first one is Coulson's death. Oh. Is that still one? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> oh. Well, they had to reshoot it three times. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so it was too gruesome originally. Originally, it was going to show Loki's staff actually bursting through the front of him and everything else. Uh, but due to the rating standards, whenever they reviewed it, they had to dumb it down two different times, to- I guess three total. Where it was finally in the third one, you just see him kind of stab him in the back and you hear a noise off screen. And then Colson kind of dies. But you don't really see the full thing. But in order to stay within the rating standard they wanted of a PG-13, they had to take away the gruesome part. That Otherwise it would have been rated
0: R. That's crazy. For
2: one small scene.
0: Nice. That wasn't my facts. So that's pretty good.
2: Cool. Well, I was making sure you're a little disappointed. When
0: I said, well, Coulson's death. well, here we go. Uh-huh. We'll jump. I'll go number two. And then, Ashby, yeah, you, usually have, you ha- usually have the best one. So we'll let you go last. Um, I have a couple of fun facts about Phil Coulson as well. When Pepper Potts leaves for DC at the beginning of the movie, she asked Coulson about the cellist. Stark mentions her later in the movie after Coulson's death. Well, spoilers, again, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here, and there will be a lot of that in My Fun Facts today. Coulson survives after spending some time in Tahiti. It's a magical place. Coulson leads a team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and after the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the rise of Hydra in The Winter Soldier, more on that in a moment, there is an episode involving Coulson's love interest. The cellist, known as Audrey Nathan and played by Amy Acker, moved to Oregon and was devastated by the news of Colson's death. She was being stalked by a superpowered individual named Marcus Daniels, who shows up in Captain Marvel, we think, and the SHIELD team gets involved to save her and capture Daniels. Coulson never revealed to her that he was alive, although while she was knocked out, he tends to her, leaving before she wakes up. So nice little tie-in there. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Number three. Crazy time.
1: So I <laughs> I have two really <laughs> solid ones. And then for my third one, I was like, well, I want to do something weird because that's what they'll expect. Yes. But I kind of ran out of weird for this particular movie. What given about implicit? <laughs> given the time I had. <laughs> what
2: uh, about crazy? <laughs> so,
1: and I didn't want to get explicit. Because so, family I got weird instead of explicit. So, okay. there's this amazing website that I'm going to forget the URL from, but it's basically um, a PhD student used her, you know, powers for good. And put together this website that is basically fandom by the numbers, and so you can look up um, numbers on w- how much fan art and fan fiction and stories there are for particular fandoms um, over overall, and then down to the specific book or TV show or movie. Hmm. So I thought it would be fun to look up since I had talked about one of the favorite sort of head for the fandom is to write stories about, you know, nothing hurts and everything's beautiful and everyone's a family and everyone's friends. And so I looked at how many fics are written about Marvel-owned media, period. And by my calculation, um, on just one particular fan site, there are 427,947 stories.
3: Good grief. And
1: just about Avenger-specific movies, there are roughly over 176,000. Wow. So, people it's love a lot of catching. Love a fan lot, fiction. Of, lot of, of
0: fanfiction. We had a lot to catch up on. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might want to put Agents of the Shield on hold for a while, Kyle. We got 100,000 <laughs> things to read. There's a
2: lot of stuff I need to catch up on. <laughs> All
0: right, Kyle, yeah. number four
2: uh, Robert Downey Jr. improvised his Galactica line in the movie is Galaga Galaga oh I yeah I wrote it down like while watching TV last night that man is playing Galaga pad. yeah <laughs> he didn't think we would notice but we did, but we did. Yeah, <laughs> but <he> said <laughs> they said they love the line so much so that's why they <laughs> improvised it and put it in well, I guess I improvised by that point they put it in to make the line work Cool. So yeah.
0: N- Number five. So you know the suspect, shadowy faces of the World Security Council that talks to Nick Fury a few times in the movie uh-huh. and how they yes. wanted to nuke New York. Right. Yes. Well, turns out the main spokesperson was a leader in Hydra. Y- oh. The <laughs> main spokesperson was not given a name in this movie, but was revealed to be Gideon Malik, played by Powers Booth, R.I.P. He reprised this role in season three of Agents of Shield, which dove deeper into the Hydra lore, revealing it not to just be all about Nazism, but was a cult-like faction going back centuries. Worshipping an ancient inhuman named Hive. And the Mount family reappears in Season 7, the current season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., playing a huge role in the timeline uh, that the current villains, the Chronicoms, are trying to disrupt. So. Hydra. Yeah, I'm yes. loving this it, it's, this it's fantastic.
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. You're right. It is a love letter to fans, so, yes. I think.
0: Not just S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, but MCU fans as right, well.
1: Right, in general. Yep. I mean, as much as they can with everything that they screwed up with Endgame. Anyway. Yes.
0: And uh, Deathstroke, he's in Titans this this season. Great. Speaking <laughs> <So> of Endgame. game. <laughs> just empty. Can I throw this at
3: you?
1: Kyle's going to keep talking about DC and un Marvel related things. And I'm going to talk a little bit, spoiler alert again, about... Um, I think this is the first time I've seen this movie. This is probably the first time I'm going back and watching any of the MCU movies post Endgame, mm-hmm. and it all just like reads differently. Yes. You know? it does. So I'm watching the Battle of Manhattan unfold, and I'm thinking, okay, well, if we now account for Endgame, what does 2012 look like post Endgame? Like, things have obviously gone foobar mm-hmm. in this timeline, because even if Cap does manage, To return all the stones to the same moment, he's returning the stone to the army base Mm -hmm. in the 70s. So Scott and Tony and Steve just screw up 2012 and then nope out of there to go try again somewhere else. And no one goes back and fixes 2012. So if we think about it, Loki has escaped with the Tesseract. Tony's just had a heart attack. Thanos is no longer a threat because he's been killed in every single iteration okay (laughs) so at least we've got that out of the way but steve knows bucky's alive and there's a bunch of hydra agents in an elevator that think captain america is one of them yes (laughs) and this is what the ancient one would call a branch off where it doesn't affect any of the true timeline future Mm -hmm. but there's a branch off now in 2012 where things have gone pear-shaped yes and i just really love thinking about that yes
0: (laughs) it's um it's a trout in the milk Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm,
0: She'll yeah. get that reference. You won't. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Kyle. Uh, this
2: one's another one of the random things, but the giant A that you see as part of what was, of, I guess, Star Tower, Tower was yeah. originally Stark Tower. Robert Downey Jr. has that now. Oh, uh, cool. that giant A. Uh, of course he does. <laughs> yes, of course he. Giant does. A for giant <laughs> a giant uh, A. But turns out that A is 30 feet tall. Oh, so, wow. I don't know what you do with the letter that You tall. leave it outside your house, apparently.
0: You show it off. Be like, look what I got. <laughs> it's just leaning up on the wall. There. It's, yes. like, it's load-bearing. Mm-hmm. Cool. You Number go to eight. Go The problem thing. <laughs> Number eight. I really like how, this for this movie, I didn't go to my usual like Google fun facts about the mm-hmm. Avengers. I literally found things and connected them myself, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. So, I have several last-minute Easter eggs here. I didn't want to leave any of them out. So here we go, lightning round style. Um, A funny quirk, we talked about this in our text messaging this week, Uh, when Coulson attempts to contact Stark at the beginning of the film, Stark answers, this is the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Yeah. Life model decoys, or LMDs, Mm -hmm. would go on to play a huge role in season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being one of the main arcs of that season, and would come back again to play in season seven.
1: Still playing a big arc. Still playing a
0: big arc in it. Um, Here's a couple of Bruce Banner Easter eggs as well. Uh, in his initial meeting with Natasha Romanoff, she mentions the Tesseract, and he asks, well, what do they want me to do with it? Swallow it? It's funny he should mention that, since Goose, the lovable not-cat from Captain Marvel, does that exact thing, throwing it up in a post credit scene on Fury's desk. And my last Easter egg, another Bruce Banner moment. Tony Stark mentions to Banner that the amount of gamma radiation that he took in should have killed him, and Banner says something to the effect that, "What he should be grateful that it saved him. What did it save him for? And Stark says, I guess we'll find out. And find out we did. Not only did it Banner saved Stark in this movie. Mm-hmm. But in Avengers Endgame, Bruce Banner, in his Professor Hulk form, decides that he is the one who can safely use the Infinity Stones to snap everyone back into existence, noting that the radiation coming from the stones was mostly gamma and that he was built for this. So That's awesome. I didn't put that together. Yep.
1: No, like it's I, I knew I love like it. the
0: Gamma worked. but
2: mm-hmm. like I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yep.
1: and I also love, well, we talk a lot about character arcs and I think we don't talk enough about Bruce. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were turned off by the Professor Hulk situation because it was just so sudden yeah. because of the, the t- five year time jump. Mm-hmm. But when you if you can sort of use that beautiful headcanon mm-hmm. and sort of fill in the blanks of all of that work that Bruce would have had to do to get from the yeah. end of Infinity War to becoming Professor or hulk and and really like working with hulk instead of treating him like something that was taking over banner's body and something that was monstrous or needed to be kept in i think by the time we get around to you know post ragnarok infinity war where they're finally communicating where he's like come on hulk Mm -hmm. come on buddy you know and i think banner really has to finally sit down and have a lot of conversations with Hulk about, you know, who's running the show and listening to him and I just think obviously they couldn't show that on screen, but thinking about it, what that might have looked like to me is really beautiful, like finally listening to one another.
2: Yeah. What well, is and I saw it somewhere I didn't even write it down, but um they talk about in this movie how anytime the Hulk's there and they say, Bruce, come on, he like flips out. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not Bruce, I'm the Hulk. Like right. Right. to make that point too, even so that it seems that like Steve figures that out by the end because when he's like, Hey Hulk You know, smash. Right. And he's happy to oblige at that point. He called him by Hulk. Right. But to think about that, to see how they've merged by the time, you know, you get to Professor Hulk, where they had to have, like, battle that out within himself. Right. That's not even, you know, we have battles within our own selves. Right. But we don't flip out and turn into a monster.
1: Right. Not yet. Not not yet. But it's a really great metaphor, I think, Mm -hmm. for a lot of things.
0: Absolutely. Number nine, Ashby.
1: So, okay. (coughs) My Avengers Tower Easter egg at the end of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll notice at the end of the movie, Pepper and Tony are working on turning Stark Tower, the ruins of Stark Tower, into what will eventually become Avengers Tower. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the pad Tony rolls out and f- and sort of flicks out these files, yes. each of those files have a symbol on them that relate to each uh, member of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So when Tony opens up the plans, you can see that he's designing a floor or at least a space for each Avenger in the Tower. We can assume that this is to give them somewhere to live when they all need to be together for avenging, or maybe even as a permanent place if they so choose. Though it is unclear in Age of Ultron if if anyone is in fact living at the Tower full time, thanks to the online Marvel fan wiki, I have a very quick math estimation of this plan of Tony's. If we assume that in true stark extravagance, Tony allocated one entire floor for each Avenger, as he and Pepper seem to have a floor, And we also assume, based on some anecdotal evidence, that the Stark Tower is roughly the size of the New York Met Life building. Mm -hmm. Then we can extrapolate a rough calculation of about 5,000 square feet of living space per floor. That's a pretty nice path, right? Pretty
0: nice path, especially in New York. Yes. Yes.
1: So then let's say, very conservatively, the office space rent in in Manhattan is around $35 per square foot in the year 2012. That means that it costs Stark or Stark Industries about $175,000 per Avenger per year for him to offer that
0: pocket change. Yeah, pocket (laughs) change. (laughs) He's like, just take it out of my 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 pocket there. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just check, out of my pocket. Here you go, (laughs) out of my pocket. Here's some (laughs) stacks for you. (laughs) Making it rain. Making it rain. That's all I have. All right. And you've that's got good. the next second.
1: Okay. I recognize that the council has made a decision.
0: I can't wait to see how
1: this turns but out. Given that's a. <laughs> <laughs> why would you do this to me when I already know that someday I'm going to mess up oh, and do the other thing? To be fair, it was originally podcast.
0: Kyle's line, and he told me to change it to you, so.
1: I'm <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: saying this other one, but it's fine.
1: <sighs> You're good. I'm just going to. Okay.
2: Read very slowly. <laughs>
1: I recognize that the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid decision, (laughs) I've elected to ignore it. But let's not ignore those who took the time to comment on our social media this week. Here are our social media shout outs. Very nice. Nice.
2: (laughs) We need like uh, a segue song for social media. Like we sh- we I'm going to try to put
0: some music in between each segment this week. Um, so if you're listening to the podcast, you might have already heard that music. On the mm-hmm. YouTube, you won't hear music. I'm sorry. I
2: Kevin Smith has like a shout out. Yeah. One. We can't steal Shout out! Yeah, we
0: can't still
3: that. No.
2: But we could. Uh, either way, we put two different questions out this week. So I've got a response for two different categories. One's more so just kind of a movie review, what you thought of the movie. And then as Eric mentioned earlier, we did put it out there. Is if you were going to choose to be an Avenger, out of kind of what we have before us, which one would you be or want to be anyway? Um, So we're going to go with the movie review first. Chris Rhodes said, I really enjoyed this movie because we finally got to see a team-up of all the characters we've come to love in the MCU. But my favorite part was the introduction of Bruce Banner, and like I said before, I really like Mark Ruffalo as Bruce. Also, I love, love, love the beginning of the bantering and competition between Hulk and Thor. And one more thing, I like how Hulk humbled Loki by smashing him. Yes. Uh, how do you spell or say your friend Manda's last name?
1: Gaddis. Gaddis. Gaddis.
2: Manda Gaddis. I love this film. I'd seen all the lead up movies, but it wasn't until Avengers that I really found myself becoming a fan. Then I went all in, buying the merch, reading the fic, reading the comics, something I didn't really do, even though I love superheroes. I'm impressed with what Marvel has achieved with the franchise. Not to say the movies are perfect, still waiting on them to get Hawkeye right, whatever. Uh, my favorite bit has to be Cap giving orders and then ignoring him until he kicks an alien's butt. Also, I now get random cravings for shawarma. Nice.
1: Yeah, she helped me with one of my sections, and she was also the friend I talked about a while ago that was mad that they didn't make Hawkeye deaf.
2: Mm. Very nice. Very nice. I commented back and forth with her a little bit today, but just I'm excited. Hopefully, I actually, finally with the show they're going to put on Disney Plus, give him like what he deserves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even especially going to his daughter, taking over the right, role. Right, with Kate, yeah. Yep, so. Uh, Hunter Batten said, big fan of the exchange between Tony and Loki. Afraid of a little lightning? No, but I'm not too fond of what comes after. Uh, Instagram reviews, we go over to Greenheart31, which is Tim Hutchinson. Is I like the standalone films, but I feel like the MCU really hits its stride with Avengers. So many great characters, but it feels like they're at their best when they're all together. William Wright, 180, says this movie shows us that Marvel wasn't doing it for money. They were doing it for entertainment, but the money's great, too.
0: I was going to say, William, I love you, but money. They did this for the money. (laughs) But it worked. (laughs) But it
2: worked. (laughs) I haven't looked into it. This will be a math thing for when we get down the road. But like, how much it cost, or how much each actor made in... like say Infinity War or Endgame, when you've brought that many actors into a movie, yeah. How much it costs to pay the actors just yeah, right. how just much did they do
0: profit off of this after they paid everybody? Well for sure. Yeah. Like it's not even just that, but just to see
2: you know, in times previous you wouldn't put that many people together. We're gonna put you on that project. Okay, good. I got tons of time to look that up. Yes. Uh now, switching over to which character would you be? Um, this one was actually pretty popular. If you're a bunch of noise, Ricky's just flipping out in his house. He's <laughs> out. Maybe he's, he's Hulk. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the Hulk in this ensemble. Like he was outside it's spreading Roundup Rays. He's And he's <laughs> you know, Roundup Rays instead of Gamma Rays. Um, anyway, which character would you be? Kevin Savigny said, Professor Hulk, for me, I like the brains and brawn combination. Uh, Nick Putnam said, Hawkeye, I like the characters in comics that have no superpowers but are still uh, awesome people. Batman, Hawkeye, like Batman. yeah, yes. Batman, <laughs> Hawkeye, Green Arrow, Black Widow, etc.
1: I can't let it go.
2: Yep. Uh, I also commented I'm about I love Nightwing. jump the camera here. I love Nightwing. I have two. To he ch- also <laughs> loved Nightwing as well. Uh, uh, Omar says, "I choose the guy with the star." Oma. pick that
0: bad boy up. Yep. That's
2: right. This is for you, Oma.
1: Good choice, Oma.
2: She's like, "Ashley, bring that over for dinner." <laughs>
1: She's like, "Can I get one of those shields?"
2: You know where to get her for Christmas now. Yeah, exactly. really there sure. you oh go. My gosh. She would. Uh, Michael Archer said, "Used to be Spidey and Stark, even though the picture isn't their picture isn't posted." Uh, but he said, "I'm going Doctor Strange nowadays." Oh. Uh, Bobby Bryant said, "Hulk for sure. That's my secret crap. I'm always angry. Greatest line in the franchise, hands down." Um, if you know Bobby Bryant, him and his mom each year, and I don't remember if it's Academy Awards or the Oscars, but they do it up big where they he wears a tuxedo. His mom's in an evening gown, and they, like, write That's out their choices. amazing. Like, they do their That's whole goals choices. Right there. That's right, uh, yeah. yeah. That's They'll goals. sit down and have, like, champagne and, like, celebrate a who That's picked. So cool. <laughs> <one laughs> That's <laughs> it's, it's getting better. All right. Nice. So. so I told him, I was like, I can't disagree with you because of your hardcoreness. So uh, Alex Birch says, probably Thor because I've always liked North mythology, and he's a beast. Ronald Johnson said, Iron Man. Buddy Saul says, Cat, pretty well-rounded character, and even though he's not... Overpowered like some of the rest, he makes do and always has his teammates' best interests in mind. Joel Woods right, said, Captain America, he's my favorite. I love the values of the 1940s in a guy attempting to be modern. He is well rounded character and believes in simple, wholesome American values. She um, also said, Hulk, I can smash. Uh, Will McLamb said, I can do this. Well, he just put, I can do this all day. He put the GIF. Nice. Uh, Kelly Buckner said, All time favorite is Tony Stark, Iron Man, because even with his status as a genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, His character remains most flawed and the most human. Uh, Let me jump over to Instagram.
1: Oh, really quick. I have... um, The only person who commented on Twitter was Hunter Batten again. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, really excited to hear your Avengers episode. Seriously, though, Marvel Studios, the Avengers, was a pretty mind-blowing experience at the time. It was like having all your toys together, fighting bad guys and each other. Joss did a really... Talking about Joss Whedon Mm -hmm. did a really good job with the tone and comedy while keeping the stakes fairly realistic and grounded. It's a super fun in-theater experience and one of the most rewatchable MCU movies, just behind Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and then he he's decided he wants to be on a Guardians of the Galaxy episode, we'll which we we'll said... will make it work. Absolutely. We'll, we'll have the technology. That's the then. goal. Make it so. We'll have to have <laughs> the studio
2: ready by Guardians of the by Galaxy. By October. Okay. So, that gives you a couple months. There we go. Um, Hunter will be on. We'll bring him in, even if he has to wear a mask. Or his so. nose. Yep. Either way. Uh Back to Instagram, James Rn29 said Captain America. Rj Jeffcoat said for me it's a tie between Thor and Black Widow. Thor because he out of this group has the best of superpowers. I mean he's freaking God. He also has hair. I miss hair because Rj's bald. Don't we all? He said Black Widow just because I'd stare at myself in the mirror all day. <laughs> Don't and He said either. hashtag Holy Johansson Batman. Um, the real Matt85 said I'd go with Hawkeye. He's got a farm and land out in the middle of nowhere. Plus a wife and kids and a bow. It's pretty sweet with the infinite amount of arrows at his fingertips. Plus, he turns into an assassin ninja if you make him mad enough. Uh, and lunchbox, uh, yeah, I unbox
0: YouTube. Said Spider Man. Oh, nice, so nice, cool. Thank you all for joining in on that. We appreciate it. Yeah, definitely that was awesome. Hit. It was awesome well, this week. Raise the mizzen mast, jib the top sails. That man is playing Galaga. He thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. This is a new way of presenting an old category for every mcu episode we could do this all day we are going to assemble our thoughts and award the affinity gauntlet to whoever we thought won the movie so for this section i'd like everyone to make a case for their selection for who won the movie just a brief argument for your nominee when we've all had a chance we need at least two of us to agree and if we have three separate nominees it's up to us to convince someone else to switch their vote who would like to go first
2: i don't be the simplest so i'll let y'all argue it out but i think loki makes the movie. Okay. I like how he came in and honestly just even look his skin tone between the previous movie to now is so much darker mm-hmm. uh, that I'm just convinced he's a bad guy as soon as he walks in. Um, but honestly, without his humor, without everything else going on, you don't have a lot of the other things happening. You don't have Thor coming in because they didn't go find Thor. Thor showed up because you had, your had his brother mm-hmm. uh, the same way that you get to see a lot of the character traits and people in general with Hulk uh, black widow, is their conversations and things they have with him. Um, I don't know. Tr- that, too, s- first came to mind. There was a lot of, honestly, I wanted to say Colson. I wanted to say Black Widow. I wanted to say some of the people that weren't as obvious. But Loki's the one that just kept coming back to mind. So that's who I stuck with.
0: Ashby? Nick Fury. Oh. Mm. Why?
1: Well, I mean, I think in terms of, like, who, so I think about who won, who, not who, I, like, I get what Kyle's saying about, like, who won the movie as far as, like, who was the, the pivotal role, mm-hmm. but I think from a plot perspective, who walked away from the end of the movie with more than what they had at the beginning? And it, you could say, like, all the Avengers because they won the battle. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, Fury is the chess master. You know, mm-hmm. He's the one putting all the pieces together. And he takes a lot of gambles in this movie, and he risks a lot of things in order to get a bigger payout. I mean, he multiple times risks his own people. I mean, he shoots at Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he he takes a lot of calculated risks in this movie with defying basically his bosses, with putting a lot of his pieces in, in jeopardy. I mean, you send Natasha after Bruce. Does that work out? You know, you put Steve and Tony together. Are, is that going to blow up in your face? You put... Banner on a helicarrier—that could go wrong. And and you know, Fury. He, you know, you say his secrets have secrets, but his contingency plans also have contingency plans. And so I think by the end of the movie, he's achieved exactly what he set out to achieve, and that's proving the the Avengers Initiative works, and it's cementing his place in Shield as the director in front of the council. And so I think. For for the definition of winning, specific to this movie, um, without knowing some of the things that we now know in the future, like the fact that he has no idea that he's really working for HYDRA, um, I think he won the movie.
0: That's a fantastic it argument. Is. Yeah, yes. I mean, uh, it's going to be hard to top that, so I'm not going to try. Iron Man won the movie. Tony Stark won the movie. Um, this He balled his way to the top. I mean, he, he this is a... I look at character growth and not knowing, obviously, the future, but I know the future. I mean, he didn't, but I, I, I see the future because I've seen all the movies beyond that at this point. Um, you know, I go back to that conversation with him and Cap. You know, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play, and over and over again, he is the guy for this team to make the sacrifice play, and it starts here. Um, you know, I don't think the other movies work. If he doesn't have that conversation and he goes about proving it, um, starting here and beyond. So, I mean, in terms of just, I don't know, I feel like he was the guy who this movie meant the most to. And that's kind of where, you know, like I said, the other characters, Cap's great, love Hulk, Thor, all that. But the Avengers arc is Tony Stark's arc. So that's where, that's why I say he wins this movie. So we have three disagreements here. Um,
2: it's between y'all two. Lucky doesn't win. I'm okay, so, get, so Kyle.
0: So yeah. you get to be the deciding vote. Yeah, <laughs> <be the> deciding vote, <laughs> and I, I'm okay if you pick her, but um, you know, don't don't pick her. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. Well, the thing it is, it wouldn't be great. You know, it wouldn't be great if we didn't have some kind of, you know. That's true. This is so, great that
1: we all disagree. Yeah,
0: I mean, if we all agreed on everything, so Kyle.
2: Well, the thing is, the way Ashby put it makes a lot more sense. Not not even just. Are her. you saying I
0: make no sense? No. Yes.
2: But, but the way that I took it, <laughs> okay. oh, well, at least you're worthy. So, um,
0: I keep picking up a thought <laughs> th- that you might kill you. I'm just going to <laughs> put a hole in Ricky's wall. Uh <laughs> Ricky, <wrecking and> Scooby. <laughs>
2: I don't say it as one's right and one's wrong, but there's just two ways to look at it. Like who wins the technical movie? Like mm-hmm. who's the star that kind of shines out through the movie and you learn a lot from? But then there's who's also when you say who wins the movie, it's who w- got their way and who got everything. So
0: not getting my way here. <laughs> I know you're not going to let me put a split
2: and just be like, you both win. No, uh, you got to pick somebody. Artists. So
0: go ahead and pick Samuel L. Jackson here.
2: That's tough. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, honestly, I don't he really doesn't really... want to disappoint either of no, us. That's the thing. Well, there's part of me, though, that just like, I love the way that Samuel Jackson comes <laughs> out of nowhere. The same way I was hoping to just talk about Colson or somebody. Just right. like you don't expect. But at the same time, like, Iron Man's one of my least favorite characters. So... Having well, not necessarily Iron Man, but just he grows on me throughout the rest of of everything. Right. So, but for me, he's not doesn't come to mind at all as a standout one for me. But you make such a great explanation, and it makes me think about when he sacrifices himself, going out through in space, where he pretty much is ready just to be there forever if that's what happens. Um... This
0: is riveting stuff here.
1: I know. This is man. I'm
2: going with Fury. All right. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the type of person I would want to have chosen other than Loki.
1: So yeah, Going
0: for the... Uh, You're not ball. wrong, though. So no. all right. You did so have a great explanation. Samuel L. Jackson wins our Infinity Gauntlet this time. Uh, we'll see who wins it in two weeks for Iron Man 3. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, all right, friends. I don't think you understand what you started, letting the What the What crew loosen all this world. They're dangerous. <laughs> and now... Every podcast knows it. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles and Tim Hutchinson for all of their contributions to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. And that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into your films as we are. In two weeks, we will be back with Iron Man 3. And next week, we officially celebrate the one-year anniversary of the What the What podcast. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> as far as I'm on, <laughs> oh, Until next time. Have you ever had a there's a shawarma joint about two blocks I've always
1: from wanted to. Here.
0: I have as well. I've had it. It's not good. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. I get to say my own line this Stay
1: week. Stay as cool as the other side and of the as pillow. Cool as that pillow. We'll see but
0: we will see you next side. week. Bye.
3: Bye. <laughs>